0: 10 Minute Talks, a podcast in which the world's leading professors explain the latest thinking in the humanities and social sciences, in just 10 minutes. Hello, I'm Antonella Sorace, I'm a Professor of Developmental Linguistics at the University of Edinburgh, I'm the Director of the Research and Public Engagement Centre Bilingualism Matters, and I'm a Fellow of the British Academy. My main research uh, areas are bilingualism and language learning, which I study experimentally within an interdisciplinary cognitive framework. I'm going to give you a research perspective on the importance of speaking more than one language, any languages, for individuals and for societies. We can start by acknowledging that language skills are often undervalued in the UK and in the so-called Anglosphere in general there is a certain amount of complacency that English is enough because of its perceived strength as an international language. I would like to argue that this privileged monolingualism of the UK is a real limitation that can undermine social cohesion and economic growth compared to other countries. Language skills can not only enable people to communicate freely with partners around the globe in their languages and understand local cultures, These points are perhaps obvious to many people. My arguments are based on the less obvious point of view of research, which shows that people who speak more than one language, any languages again, can have a series of advantages for the mind and the brain throughout the lifespan, compared to monolinguals. I'm going to briefly focus on four of these positive effects. Despite the many misconceptions that are still around, uh, for example, that bilingual children are confused, that they may not do very, very well at school, research shows that children who grow up with more than one language in a supportive environment can have a better, spontaneous understanding of how languages work, from sounds to words to sentences. This is reflected into better further language learning, but it also means that a bilingual child schooled in English may have an advantage across the curriculum because they actually have a better understanding of how English works. Another potential benefit is an earlier and better understanding that other people can have different perspectives, different points of view. This comes from the simple fact of having two words for the same object, which opens the mind in a fundamental way and it comes from the experience of having to choose the right language depending on the person one talks to. Why is this important for global connections and cultural understanding? Let's take for for example the desire to attract or create a good impression. To the extent that this crucially depends on understanding the other person's perspective, multilingualism can enhance this capability. And to the extent that cultural relations are increasingly a matter of mutuality or mutual understanding, the ability to appreciate how others see things from their point of view can be a very powerful means for exercising influence and mediating conflict. A third and potential benefit of bilingualism is a better mental flexibility in dealing with complex situations that means better selective attention, ability to ignore irrelevant information, switching between tasks, a capacity to focus attention and allocate it in an adaptable way. This benefit comes from the constant experience of having to choose one language and exclude the other languages, and from switching from one language to the other. Both languages in bilinguals are simultaneously active. We can't uh, switch off a language when we don't need it, and we can't produce both of them at the same time. With the exception of bimodal bilingualism, so knowledge of a spoken language and a signed language, we choose different modalities. In language comprehension, bilinguals also have to channel messages through one language or the other. and This mental gymnastics trains the bilingual brain to adapt to change in general outside the language domain. Research also points to the fact that bilingualism can be a a form of cognitive reserve that allows people to age more graciously and can have a delaying effect on both normal and pathological aging processes, even though this is not the only type of experience that can have these effects. Are these potential benefits found in all bilinguals and in all bilingual contexts? The answer is no, because bilingualism is not an either-or dimension, but rather a continuum shaped by many linguistic, cognitive and social factors. However, when there is a difference between bilinguals and monolinguals, this difference is generally in favour of bilinguals. Are the benefits only found in simultaneous bilinguals who learn two languages together from birth or early childhood? The answer again is no, they have been found in proficient and active late-bilinguals, too. This raises the question of what the best age is to learn another language. Many people think it's more difficult, if not impossible, to learn another language as well as uh, as a child when you're an adult. But current research shows a different picture. It shows that adults can reach very high levels of proficiency in a second or third language, similar, in many ways, to the competence of a native speaker. There is much individual variation among adult second language learners. Uh, Many adults may not reach these high proficiency levels because they don't need to, or because they don't have optimal conditions for hearing and practicing the language. In fact, one of the crucial factors may be availability of time. Children have a less busy life, uh, a much longer time scale for future improvement, Uh, This may be the main reason why children seem to be better language learners than adults. However, research shows that children are very sensitive to general attitudes about particular languages. They're much more willing to learn and speak another, another language when that is seen as a positive asset within a community. So, we can't just assume that children are like sponges and the younger the better, We have to provide children with plenty of input in a positive environment for learning in families, in schools, and more generally, in society. Research also shows that being bilingual is definitely not the same as being the sum of two monolinguals. Learning a second language is influenced by the native language, but it also changes the native language in linguistically selective and predictable ways. This is what emerges from research on the phenomena going under the umbrella term of attrition. Languages in contact affect each other, both in the same individual brain and in multilingual communities. Unfortunately, however, bilinguals are often tested and evaluated on the basis of monolingual parameters, both in educational and in health settings. And language change is often regarded as language contamination, or language decline. The broad generalization, based on research on the benefits of bilingualism, is that it's the fact of having more than one language that matters, regardless of which languages. This should be an incentive for speakers of indigenous minority languages to use their language and speak it to their children for migrant families to speak to continue to speak their languages at home with an awareness that this is beneficial to their children's linguistic and social integration more generally it should be an incentive to regard multilingualism as a framework to preserve the richness of cultural diversity as an investment for life that can en- enrich countries and their citizens let's not forget that languages are disappearing at a very fast rate around the globe, we are losing about one language every two to three weeks. In this century alone, the number of languages will be halved. The survival of many languages depends on intergenerational transmission, which means parents speaking the language to their children, often in a situation of bilingualism with the majority language. Let's also remember that bilingualism can bring challenges, as well as benefits, for children, for families, for educators. But the better we understand their challenges, the better we can find solutions, and we can create positive environments for multilingualism to thrive and for the benefits to emerge. However, there are still many misconceptions about the nature of bilingualism. In addition to the old ones, so bilingual children are confused, they may have problems at school, adults can't really learn another language well enough, some languages are worth learning and others aren't, we see some new misconceptions arising from misinterpretation of research. For example, the idea that bilingual children are more intelligent, or the idea that older bilinguals don't get dementia. This is not true. So, the combination of Brexit and the pandemic poses great challenges for languages and language learning. Languages are are seen by many as not being priorities in schools compared to more important subjects. In addition, Uh, we face increasing isolationism and xenophobic nationalism, which bring back negative attitudes towards other languages and their speakers. So action is needed now, more than ever before, to put languages and language learning at the core of education, to regard proficiency in additional languages as a new kind of global literacy, and to plan more future opportunities for young people to immerse themselves in other languages and cultures. That's why it's important to bridge the gap between research and society and provide people with information that allows them to make better decisions about their families, students, patients, policies and businesses. The center I direct, Bilingualism Matters, is contributing to this change. Uh, bilingualism Matters trains students and researchers to communicate research in a clear way outside academia. It has numerous partnerships and outreach projects, both in the private and the public sector. And it has a wide international network. Of branches in the UK, in Europe, in North America, in the Middle East, and in China. This broad international dimension provides a strong basis for joining forces in both research and public engagement across languages, disciplines, geographical borders, and political contexts. The British Academy in collaboration with other bodies, is also actively working on enhancing the study of languages and language learning, the status of bilingualism. Let me conclude with a quote from the British Academy's recent proposal for a national language strategy. If the UK's citizens had stronger skills in languages other than English, this would help make the UK more prosperous, productive, influential, innovative, knowledgeable, culturally richer, more socially cohesive and healthier. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this British Academy podcast. Please subscribe, share and rate this series from wherever you get your podcasts. For more events and conversations, please visit www.thebritishacademy.ac.uk or find and follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.